guess what? I'm going to be governor of Ohio. A red tide sweeps Ohio. Complete election analysis coming right up. From the Patel Studio at WOSU at COSI, this is Columbus on the Record. Joining Mike Thompson this week, Joe Hallett, Senior Editor for the Columbus Dispatch. Karen Kassler, Statehouse Bureau Chief for Ohio Public Radio and TV. Bob Clegg, Republican Strategist. And Sam Gresham of Common Cause Ohio. For the past 10 years, pundits have called Ohio a purple state, half blue and half red, with Democrats and Republicans neck and neck. Voters on Tuesday turned Ohio completely red. Republicans won every contested statewide race and every seriously contested congressional race, and they captured the big prize, the governor's office. Folks, we took a step forward tonight to putting Ohioans back to work. We took a step forward to shrinking government and making it work better. We took a step forward to making Ohio the best place to live and work in the country. John Kasich defeated Ted Strickland by two percentage points, a margin of only about 97,000 votes out of three and a half million cast. Let me say something loudly and clearly tonight, and that is this. I believe in Ohio. And you know, even though we weren't successful, I think we fought a pretty good fight. Karen Kessler, given the the tide, it was a pretty good fight, but it wasn't enough for Ted Strickland. it wasn't enough. Um, I know that there were some people who were predicting that maybe Richard Cordray might be the only Democrat standing, or maybe Ted Strickland would be able to pull it out, but there was no stopping this wave. I mean, and nationally, you saw the same trends. And so why would Ohio go any differently when nationally these were the trends that were coming out? And uh, now the Democrats will tell you that they actually did gain a couple of counties on Barack Obama's vote that Ted Strickland won 26 counties so they aren't too depressed I guess but still it's a bad a bad night to be a Democrat in Ohio at least uh, when it turned to the results. But Joe they didn't win big enough in the counties where they had to. No and in fact uh, the the story of this election was turnout lack of only 48 percent of the registered voters voted Uh, there was a fall off in every county from 2006 except for four of them the largest uh, drop-off occurred in 10 counties, which accounted for 57% of the Democratic vote. The narrative from the Democratic Party for this race was always that uh, despite the terrible climate we were running against, we have a turnout machine that will overcome that. Well, it didn't. They they didn't get their voters out. Why is that? Why why wasn't there a, the turnout Particularly let's in Northeast Ohio. Was it, was it the scandals up there? Was it just the economy not doing very well? Let's be, be totally honest about this in this discussion. I'm going to try and be. Is that the, the base of the Democratic Party in Ohio was never really embrace, embraced by this administration. Uh, the African-American community, the women's community, none of that was really embraced by this administration. And it was like, I hope not, but I see it coming. And if you look at Cuyahoga, if you look at Hamilton... If you look at Montgomery, if you look at Summit, and you even look at Franklin County, it reflected itself in those, in the turnout, uh, as, as Joe indicated. The turnout was not there because there was no energy and there was no enthusiasm. 49% for John Kasich, Bob. Yep. 
Is that a mandate? Uh, well, it's it's telling people. People are saying they want something different than the, what they've had for the last four years, and. I can't say I'm surprised. I mean, I've, I've said on the show before that you can survive a wave. You can survive 10% unemployment. You cannot survive both those things. And that's what um, Ted Strickland was facing um, in this year. And I agree with Sam. I mean, there was a problem with the base. I mean, they weren't energized as much as the party chairman was saying they would be or that he could get them out. And the toughest thing you can do as a political uh, operation is try to get voters who don't want to vote to vote. Does this reinforce the stereotype that young people are not reliable voters because the young people really dropped off nationwide during well, this Well, I think it, it gets to what, what the reality is, which is young people can become engaged, but it, it takes a more of a national thing to yeah. occur to get them engaged in the process. Uh, 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 I, I think what we saw, too, was an overwhelming disappointment with President Obama, uh, not just by Republicans. I think even the own base of his party is a little bit demoralized. I actually yeah. heard some people talking about that uh, the Republicans were upset that he'd done too much too quickly. Democrats were upset that he hadn't done enough fast <laughs> enough. So, right. yeah. I have to I echo the same sentiments. Uh, I, I, I think what Republicans did so well, their messaging was good. Their messaging was good. Uh, Pelosi, Obama, Obamacare, take our government back, reduce cost of government. And uh, I, in the social circles I've been in lately, I ask people, what was the Democratic message? I think the, the uh, Republicans were very smart. You heard it from John Boehner and from Ohio GOP. Uh, Chairman Kevin DeWine on election night not to portray this as a Republican victory. Uh, as we saw, it was it was a sweep election, but it was it was uh, the the public, the voters saying we want a new way. You know, the Democrats are not getting this done. We're going to give you a chance, and Republicans, if you don't get it done, we're going to give somebody else a chance. We were. I think what we did well as Republicans is. We nationalized this, and we made it about okay. Barack Obama and what's going on in Washington. And I think Joe's right. We understand that this wasn't a vote for us as Republicans as it was against the way the Democrats were doing things. But the other thing, you talk about health care and government spending, 400,000 jobs. That was the thing that just kept getting hammered and hammered. Is that the bottom line, that the economy isn't is slowly recovering. Always been. Always been. Well, and, and Republicans got a twofer out of this when, when Lee Fisher decided to run for the U.S. Senate because he was the self-anointed jobs czar under President under Governor Strickland. And so uh, whenever they attacked Governor Strickland, they attacked uh, Lee Fisher and vice versa. Going back over the past four years, did Democrats make bad decisions. I don't know if they could have been avoided, but Jennifer Bruner left her seat to run for Senate and then didn't get the nomination. So that took a popular woman candidate really out of the, the ticket to perhaps bring out women voters. And also Richard Cordray, he left the treasurer's office for the AG spot when Mark Dan left, you know, giving up a, a, perhaps a more solid footing there. I don't think Jennifer Bruner, if she had been the nominee for Senate, would have put them the Democrats over the top. But it sure would have changed the campaign because you could not run uh, a jobs uh, uh, campaign against her and an economic message against her. You would have had to run on her uh, her uh, supervision of elections mm -hmm. and so forth uh, and attack her for that. So it would have been a different narrative for 
for the Democrats. Well, or the Republicans. It's, it's interesting, too, when Bob says that they nationalized all this. There were a lot of messages that I'm surprised the Democrats didn't get out there, statewide messages, like, you know, you did get a tax cut. Yeah, the last year was delayed, but you got a tax cut under Strickland. He could have rolled back all of that. That message didn't go out. There were a lot of messages about what happened in the state that what the governor, Strickland, did do that weren't really translated to the voters. And I, I think that's interesting that the national message really overpowered any sort of state message. Ted Strickland focused on... Wall Street, the congressman yes. from Wall Street. And the exit polls showed that more people, the majority of people, or at least the highest percentage of people, blame Wall Street for the economic crisis. But it wasn't enough to overcome the bad economy here. No, and I think what Karen just said was it. They, the Democrats decided they were going to do all these negative hits on Kasich with the Wall Street and all that. And they didn't talk about anything they've done in the last four years. And I think people at some point tuned all that out. And when you looked at the, the polling that was done at the very end and you looked at the positive, favorables, unfavorables for each of the candidates, Kasich still had a better favorable, unfavorable than the governor had. And, I mean, that tells you that the strategy didn't work all that well. Okay, what, what do you do, though? You had the ticket and you came in third? How does that look? What do you mean? Well, uh, in total pluralities, of all the Republican candidates yes. who won, the governor came in third. Yeah. First on the ticket well, was Josh no, Yeah, no, well, Josh and all those other guys didn't have the negative hits that that Kasich had. They didn't have the presidential visits like Kasich had. I mean, Kasich got everything thrown at him, and he was still able to win. That's the way I view it. Let's get to our second topic, John Kasich. In the all-Republican now state legislature promises a very different state government, smaller government, a privatized State Department of Development, the governor-elect faces, though, a huge budget hole, and he has promised not to raise taxes, even, even cut taxes. Joe, how, how much different will this state government be than what we've seen for the past four years, or even past eight, 12 years? There will be no resemblance between what we're, the government we're going to get and the government we've had. Uh, first of all, as you mentioned, we will get less government. We will have fewer services. Uh, we will have uh, fewer programs that help folks. Um, we will see more privatization. There's talk of uh, prisons being privatized under our Kasich admi administration. Uh, and there's a simple reason for that. There is no money. And this governor is determined, this uh, governor-elect is determined that he is not only not going to raise taxes, he's going to cut taxes, which will put more pressure on him to cut services and programs. It will also put more pressure on local governments, local officials, schools, to raise money locally. So this is this is going to be a sea change, and we have a governor uh, elect who is, who is his rhetoric is on steroids. He's <laughs> essentially said, he told lobbyists the other day, either you get on the bus or the bus is going to run over you. <laughs> and uh, the biggest peril for him is going to be within his own party because he yes. has an all-Republican yes. legislature now. Mm -hmm. And w it remains to be seen when these Republican legislators go home and start getting beat up by their mayors and their local school officials, mm -hmm. whether they can stay the course with this drastically cut budget that Kasich will present to them. And they have to run in two years, whereas right. Kasich has four years if he even chooses to run. But they've got to go home and not only deal with constituents, but then they have to potentially run again in two years. Can he really, I mean, state government is, is huge, and politicians promise to change government all the time. Can he, how much change do you expect him to do, Sam? Joe, Joe is right. Hey, his biggest problem 
is he has absolute power and that they have complete authority to do what they want. Typically, when that happens, is then there's infighting inside of the party at the various caucus levels and the various regions of the state. Now, how he manages that is going to be the interesting thing. I think Joe is right. Uh, I, th I think you're right. When they go home and all these things are cut out of that stuff, people are going to say, hey, wait a minute. Um, or if he's very successful, he has a good staff and he can manage this whole process, he may pull it off. Hey, he, he, he did not hide the fact of what he was going to do. So, I mean, that's one thing about this campaign from the Kasich side. They actually put out their ideas and proposals of what they want to do in the next four years. So it's been out there. People know well, it. He wasn't real specific, though, in terms no, of dealing uh, with local But you knew he wasn't going to raise taxes, that's and he true. was going to cut. Now, when you're talking about Republican members in the legislature, sure, they're going to get constituents and, and their office holders in their district talking to them, but they got to think about what did they want to do. Do they want to vote for a tax increase? Well, the other thing was, is Kasich, even during the campaign, thumbed his nose at his own supporters. He continually went before Republican groups and said, I want your support, but don't expect anything in return because you're not going to like what I have to do. Hell Hospital and nursing home industry is a prime example for that, I'm guessing. That's oh, going to be a fight coming up. Oh, definitely. Um, Oh gosh, what else will he, will well, he local governments, yeah. he'll want more consolidations, more shared services among schools, cities, local governments. I'm and that, by the way, is well overdue. And I'm also thinking of other services like, you know, every year there's the Governor's Awards for the Arts. Oh, yeah. You know? Boards I mean, and commissions. Yeah. I mean, are things you that are even down. Boards yeah. and commissions anymore. Yeah. Here, you know? on, this, on the ballot this year, I live up in the Washington Township Fire Department, and they had a levy, and they increased the levy by 60 bucks per $100,000 in value. The reason why was state budget cuts. So if the state cuts the budget, it's just going to trickle down to the local level. Is there any backlash well, there's considerable backlash that could happen as a result of this. And I think Joe was right initially. If, if the miracle that people want doesn't happen in, in 24 months, you can bet the same bus is going to roll into town that rolled into town on, on the Democrats. And, but it's going to be less warm. It's going to be more vicious. Is there a possibility that there's a counting on that maybe, you know, I'll pay for taxes at the local level because I know where those taxes go, but if I send my taxes to Columbus, I don't know where they go. Is there the possibility that maybe they're counting on that? People will have a say if they want to increase their, their taxes on a local level, mm -hmm. and I think they prefer having that say yes or no versus the state just increasing their taxes without them having a but say. But the answer is still going to be what? No. <laughs> or... Pay more, one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the, you know, I, I felt a little bad for Governor Strickland because he had a message that could have appealed to Republicans. I cut government. He did cut government. Mm -hmm. General fund spending is less in in this administration now in this budget than it was previously. Mm -hmm. uh, the number of state employees is gone. The problem was, and he could say, you know, more jobs are coming. And, and the problem was, people just didn't believe things were getting better, that, that he, had a, he had a message that people would not believe, even though it was true. Joe, I, I think it was drowned out by the national message from the Republican, from the Republican Party. I mean, that was reality, too. I mean, they, the state has yeah. lost almost 400,000 jobs. The unemployment rate's at 10%. It's just I don't think the Democrats had any confidence in their own message. And you saw that not only in the governor's race, but down the ticket. There was no talking about what they had done 
in the previous two or four years. It was all about how bad the Republican was that they were running against. Let's get to Washington. Change is coming to Washington, partly thanks to voters in five contested Ohio congressional districts. Republicans targeted those five Ohio districts, and they captured all five, including seats now held by Mary Jo Kilroy and Zach Space. Take a look at the Ohio congressional district map. The reddish ones are Republican. The blue ones, those ones way up north, they are the lone five Democratic districts. Bob Clegg, was this a Tea Party win uh, in Ohio? This was a Tea Party win. It was a Republican win. It was voters getting tired of everything win. You know, it's just people saying enough is enough. And you talk about nationaliz nationalizing the elections. I mean, you can't do it any more so than with these congressional races. And it was down to Nancy Pelosi and the way she runs the House and liberal government and Obamacare and the stimulus that drove up the, de uh, the deficit. I mean, it's all those things that uh, were in play with these congressional races. And you saw how, how they turned out. If you take that map and go back to 2004, there's only one more blue district, really. That's Charlie right. Wilson. Was he the only upset, really? Because Mary Jo Kilroy's seat was Republican for a long time. Zach Space's seat was Republican for a long time. All the rest of them. But there's a problem with the idea of transition and that people really wanted change. An awful lot of Democrats stayed at home and an awful lot of left Democrat-leaning independents stayed at home. And I, I don't think it's, don't overreach to say that the potential, if the Democrats had had the right message, was there, that those people could not have been energized. They didn't have the right message. And I think there was a hangover from Obama with the expectations, the expectations that people had from Obama. The, the person who felt the hangover from the President Obama's real, or election two years ago was Mary Jo Kilroy. Let's take a look at her numbers. She lost to Steve Stivers by... A whopping 14 percentage points. This race for the past two cycles has been decided basically in a recount. Uh, Joe Hallett, why was it 14 points this time? Obama. Uh, Obama everywhere. Uh, Obama beat, Char uh, beat Charlie Wilson. Obama beat Zach Space. I, I toured those areas before the campaign with Governor Strickland. Everywhere I went, people were mad about Obama. I was, uh, I thought Space, uh, initially going into this space, and Wilson was five, uh, because they generally vote the, in a, as conservative Democrats, but they got killed. I, I, that was the most amazing thing to me. I guess not that they got beat, but how badly they got beat. And, and Kilroy was among those. There was a clue, though, with Charlie Wilson. If you looked at his primary results from earlier this year, he only got about 67% of the Democrat primary vote in his district. Mm -hmm. And that is a clear warning when, uh, you know, a third of your own people are voting against you. You, you got a problem. But I, ha I have to ask the question, is it because of Obama? If you really look at what he's done and how he's done it, some of us could argue. But is it got something to do with race? Is the issue no, race? No, 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 don't go there. I mean, we're talking about a federal government that is spending money like crazy, increasing our, de our deficit to trillions upon trillions of dollars, and is trying to institute a, a mandated health care where an individual must have health insurance whether they want it or not. That's all this is about. Well, I mean, even the Democrats in, in like Charlie Wilson's district, they're conservative. They're not like wild-eyed liberal Democrats. Wait a minute now. We went off in two wars, and we were cutting taxes for everybody. How much sense did that make? Well, I, 
Sam, let me ask you about the, the race issue. Okay. Let me look at the other side of that is, did the African-American vote come out as much this time because Obama was not on the ballot? No, I, I think in Ohio, the African-American vote didn't come out because it had no affinity for Ted Strickland. And it had is that not, racial? I, I think it's a, it's a prid pro quo that's a political thing. So was Ted Strickland racist? No, I, racism, oh. racism is an institution. He may have been biased and he could have been discriminatory. Because he's from Southern Ohio. No, yeah. he was not any of that. He never bridged the gap between the relationship between the urban communities and Ted Strickland. He never bridged that. Whether that's white folk or black folk, he never bridged that gap. Let's look at Ohio's future as a battleground state. You saw that map. It was just about completely red. They're going to lose two seats in Congress. We go from 20 electoral votes to 18. Are we as important in two years as we have been? Oh, yeah. I think if, if this election did anything, it reaffirmed our status as a battleground state because what happened nationally was once again reflected here in Ohio. We, this, this was a wave election, and it was a wave election big time here in Ohio. And so I think people, the national media, the international media will be, ba be back here again in 12 to take the pulse of America right here in Ohio. And you have two candidates, uh, John Kasich and Rob Portman, right. who are both now being talked about as possible vice presidential candidates, especially Rob Portman. But uh, yeah, absolutely. That's what I keep hearing is that Ohio, no matter how this turned out, and, and because it turned out exactly the way that it did, it, it's it's going to be right there on the list. I could see one one way where we may not be a battleground state, and that's only because of what happened uh, this past Tuesday in both Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. Um, we could have a situation where the Democrats could be fighting to try to save states like Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, which both turned very red. Uh, and if that's the case, then Ohio's, they can't afford to, you know, to even think about Ohio if that, that front line of and states is going. that's what we saw in 2000 when when the Democrats had to abandon Ohio for Al Gore, and he lost yeah. by f four points, and a lot of folks are second-guessing that even today. Let's get to our last topic. For Ohio Democrats, the question now is, now what? Just four years ago, Democrats were talking about holding their near statewide sweep. They were looking ahead to redrawing themselves the state legislative boundaries to give favor them over Republicans. Now it's time to rebuild. Sam, where do Democrats go from here? I think the Democrats have to take a moment of silence <laughs> and figure out what they did wrong uh -huh. and correct it. My first thought is they have a base. Uh, the most loyal person or group that's been in this place is African Americans. They sat on their hands this time. Women, unions. Now, that's the base they got to have an affinity with. Now, they have to build a rule strategy. And they have to find a way to get rural people. If you look at that map, it was all red outside of the urban district. They have to find a way to get rural people to get on the Democratic ticket. Finally, they, have, they can't have a shadow field organization. They can't have it in name. They need a real field organization that can deliver people. How did they, they do it, though, in 2006? How did they get those rural voters? I mean, I know Ted Strickland's from that area. How did they get those voters in 2006? Did I they have to go back and figure that out? And I think there was a conscious effort on their part, and it took 24 to 18 months to really do that. How they about they this? Do that this there, were, there were two words in 2006, Tom Noe. Yeah. Did they need, do they need a scandal to well, get it back? No. They, they, look, the, the Democrats didn't lack for a field organization. They had arguably the best state field organization in the country. The problem was they could knock on all the doors they wanted to, but voters weren't buying what they were selling. 
The luckiest Democrat in Ohio on Tuesday was Sherrod Brown, and that's because <laughs> he was not on the ballot. <laughs> if he had been, he would have been taken out, too. They've got two but, years, though, before yeah. he's up. But here's what's going to happen uh, in two years. We're, we're, we're likely to see another wave election, mm -hmm. because what John Kasich and the Republicans now controlling the legislature have mm -hmm. to do, they have to do it, is going to be so profoundly unpopular. And if we have Republicans in Congress continuing to roadblock uh, President Obama, which is exactly what Mitch McConnell said they were going to do. He said the other day after the election, the best thing that could happen, uh, the only way to move forward is to get rid of Obama. Yeah. That signaled their strategy. Then I think we could see the pendulum swing right back. Let's get to our final off-the-record parting shots. Sam Gresham, you're up first. I think it was an interesting election, and I hope the Democrats have learned a lesson. And they better stick to their base and build a field organization that works. Okay. Bob. And I think the Republicans have learned their lesson, and they're going to take over now, and they're going to be much more responsible, and they're going to hold to what the people voted them in to do. Karen. I'm glad I recycled. This is just about two or three weeks' worth of mail that I got. And what's really amazing to me is this is just from the State House District that I'm in. Just this, which shows you how much the House was uh, up for debate here. But this one was a new one for me. The Libertarians sent a card, which I don't think I've ever seen a Libertarian literature card. So this, it was an All interesting right. year. To show it, every Republican congressman, uh, uh, Jim Jordan from Urbana, is gearing up to run against Senator Brown in 2012. Okay. My final thought, Libertarians, we took a little bit of heat for not including Libertarians in our debates, and they didn't show very well in the polls. You can't just show up two weeks before, or two months before the election to look for votes. If you want to be a legitimate third party? Start now. That is Columbus on the Record for this week. Please check us out online. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. You can connect to all of that good stuff via our website, wosu.org slash cotr. For our crew here at WOSU at COSI and for our panel, I'm Mike Thompson. Have a good week. Mm -hmm.